0: Welcome to the Mind Over Matter podcast with Heather Hakes, where mindset is everything. Thank you for joining me and tuning into this podcast. If you haven't yet, be sure to subscribe and share this episode with your friends. This podcast is here to open your awareness. I want to provide you with tactical teachings on how to master your mindset, create your ideal reality, overcome obstacles, and leverage adversity. And most importantly, it's to help you realize that you are in total control of your reality. My hope to inspire and motivate you to keep going. And no matter what, it's all about mind over matter. Be sure to check out my website, heatherhakes.com, where I offer you a free video training on how to get unstuck and create lasting change. Again, that's heatherhakes.com and opt into my free video training. Without further ado, let's dive into today's episode. Welcome to episode number 247. Today, we're diving into how to manage your mindset and train your brain. Welcome to today's interview. I brought on Molly McGrath. Molly, welcome.
1: Hi, thank you for having me.
0: Give the listeners a little background. Where do you live and what do
1: you do? Yeah, I live in a town called Parker, Colorado, and for 22 years now, I have been a coach coach. Uh, My company is Hiring and Empowering Solutions. We have uh, VIP services for staffing for our niches, working with law firms, small solo law firms. So yeah, I've also written three books and we have a podcast, Hiring and Empowering Solutions.
0: And we've talked previously, but um, give a little background, uh, your experience with energy and law of attraction and how thoughts
1: become things. Yes. So I work uh, with attorneys, so it's very much an intellect, uh, masculine driven industry by and large, uh, working with one of the top intellects in the country. And through that process of 22 years with working with them, I realized that everything was very much about KPIs, key performance indicators, measuring revenue, conversions, things of that nature, very corporate and very business type uh, measurements. And about, I think it was about 10 years ago now where I was first introduced to uh, law of attraction 15 years ago when I was first introduced to Think and Grow Rich and Tony Robbins, etc. And I was so deeply curious about this because mm-hmm. by and large as an industry, uh, attorneys are not very conscious driven. And I dove into that and started really playing with energy and started it implementing it on myself. At that time, I also owned two other companies and started implementing it in the higher level of our organization and started seeing massive, massive results in regards to managing your mindset and your intentionality. And three years ago, I went and got, became certified as a, a Reiki master.
0: And for anyone who's newer to Reiki, I, I, I'm a little familiar with it, but what is yeah. Reiki?
1: It's about managing your energy. So there's many different practices. People think it's very woo-woo uh, energy healing, like, oh boy, that it's too new agey. But there's so many practices that you can put in there that complements the conscious Uh, modalities such as law of attraction, et cetera. So Reiki is about managing your energy and how you can be in full control of doing that before you walk into a presentation, a conversation. There's many different... Uh, terminologies and tools in there that you can use, it, such as uh, setting the stage of a relationship before you walk in and aligning that with your mindset and manifesting the outcome of it, it is extraordinary, extraordinary practice. It's coupled with the law of attraction.
0: And is that your, what the train your brain work is? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Can you- it's really a Can you like to dive in and just peel that apart? What does that mean to be aware of your energy and to manifest and have ideas of how you want the relationship or presentation to go? And then that it does.
1: Yeah. I love that. So, you know, you and I were speaking before we recorded today, how entrepreneurs as a whole um, have a lot of imposter syndrome and, or expect the worst outcome, things of that nature based on their previous experience. So, the, I'll give you a tool example for example that I teach my clients in regards to it's called the relationship bubble so it's about how to before you're walking into so I'm walking into a presentation my goal is to close 50 percent of the room or whatever it might be and be, typically if you don't spend time and you and I talked about this training your brain and managing your mindset is probably the hardest workout I have ever had since so Do and it's very consistent and constant. So the part of Reiki and aligning that with law of attraction and all the thinking grow rich etc is to be very active and to do visualization before you go in so you think of this premise where you can take the worst case scenario that I'm going to show up on stage I'm going to be a total flop they're going to figure out that I'm a fraud and it's going to be a disaster no one's going to like me and no one's going to buy from me and I'm not going to make sense I'm going to forget my speech whatever you put all the worst case outcomes right there in the first bubble and then you take another bubble next to it and you put the best case scenario up there and then you say, I'm going to rock it. Um, Everyone's going to be laugh. I'm going to engage with the audience right away. And everyone's going to be flocking to the back of the room to engage with me, hire with me, book a consultation, whatever your call to action is there. And you take the worst case scenario. So a lot of times we're taught to just push that aside, push that aside and don't pay attention to it. But it's like a beach ball in a a pool. It's going to pop its head back up and usually at the most inappropriate time. So the whole premise of that is to acknowledge it and to name it and to put all the worst case things that could happen into that one bubble and then take all the best things that could happen and put it into the second bubble and then visualizing them coming them in blending together and that center in between is like that holy sacred ground where the two of them tend to merge. And then you start to visualize your best outcome that you want out of there. And just eradicating all of that uh, worst case scenario, naming it, and then um, getting it out of your body, getting it out of your mind, uh, immediately and coupling that with the best case scenario. It's just amazing how when you start to ground in that and then visualize what you want to happen. And then I have my clients just, let 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 the energy do the work. And for you, you know, just really anchoring into it's not about you when you get on that stage, or you walk into that relationship, or you're, whether you're firing an employee, whatever it might be, it's not about you. Okay. You know, you got to detach from the outcome, and you just have to walk into that and being the best version of you. And to be in service with getting that energy out of your body.
0: I want to go back to this bubble because I love that scenario and the visual you gave. And I hadn't heard it described like that before. But I I see the power of that being you're getting all the negative narrative out, all the the fears, the worry, the doubt out so that you can see it and kind of be like, that's ridiculous. Because then you can look at the positive bubble that I'm going to rock it. They're going to love me. I'm going to get new clients or whatever you're right. The call to action is and, and, and the beach ball example is the whole whatever you resist persists. So if, if you yes. don't get the negative narrative out, it's still bubbling up inside of you. So is that the point of the exercise is to get it out so you can observe, witness and be like, oh, that's interesting. But then to focus on ultimately what you do want.
1: Yeah, it, it is. And it's almost like, you know, you lock arms with fear, anxiety, worry, whatever that emotion that's coming up or you just kind of lock arms and like, okay, let's go. You know, you serve, you know, I, I see you, I hear you, I'm naming it, but this is the outcome that I'm choosing to be in town, the essence that I want to be when I show up on stage. Cause they're both present and they're both very real. So a lot of times I think what we do as humans and as entrepreneurs is we, we judge ourselves so much. You judge yourself for feeling nervous or, or feeling anxious, or feeling scared, or whatever it is that's come up. And in my experience, and in my training, and the law of attraction, and all that, um, Reiki, is that that's really what keeps you paralyzed, and really shoots yourself in the foot, so to speak, is it's not that you have these negative emotions, we all have them, or that you have these disempowering beliefs or emotions, it's the judging that keeps you stuck in it. And it's a judging that will come out of your mouth and out of your essence and out of your energy versus just naming it, recognizing it and be like, oh, all right, there you are. I got it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a little bit nervous, but my nervousness, I'm going to take that and transform it into, I'm going to show up as the best version of me. I'm going to do the best job that I possibly can. And I've seen it happen, happen again with my clients in the 22 years of coaching when they're like, it's a total disaster. I'm like, tell me what your preparation was before you went on stage. Everyone's worried about their speech or PowerPoint presentation, their messaging, all that. But tell me what you were thinking and feeling and believing before that. And nine out of 10 times people like, I knew it. I knew that was going to happen. I'm like, well yeah because you manifested it yeah you planted the seed you planted the seed and in the train your brain work what i love about it is they say find a matchmaker for your negative thoughts they're not going to go away and don't judge yourself about it but if you can just sit there for like 20 seconds or minutes or two minutes whatever it takes for you to just feel it Feel it, feel it, name it, and then it dissipates and it releases. Then you have time to put, you know, um, some positive thoughts on that. I'm sure you probably heard Tony Robbins say a million times you could sit in your garden and stare at your weeds all day and sit there in namaste pose or and say, I don't have weeds, I don't have weeds, I don't have weeds, but they're going to pop back up. It's you have to get into that dirt and pull them out by the root and bring them to light and then from there is a way that you can till it into something positive yes
0: okay so the question on that because i've heard this a million times and i think it's a lot easier said than done how to detach from the outcome
1: Yes. It's so hard to do. Yeah. I'm I'm constantly working on that before I walk into, I think the way that for me, this is what works in regards to detaching from the outcome is when you, when you spend some time prepping, you know, we'll spend time all day long, getting our hair, our makeup, our outfits, and our brochures all perfect and great, but we don't get the most important and tool, which is our brain, which is our energy, that proper time to quote unquote, get ready. So for me in detaching from the outcome is going through that practice of putting it into worst case scenario, putting it into best case scenario, and then just allowing those two to kind of mold together. And then just have some mantras that I say to myself before I go in there, like, this isn't about me. You know, I it's about me being of service to the other person. It's about me communicating what, what makes me different in the marketplace. So if it's a sales call or it's a presentation or what have you, it's about me getting deeply, deeply curious to hear what is, you know, keeping them up at two o'clock in the morning, what their greatest fears are. And it's about shifting it from about you into about the other person and how you can get really still in the power of the pause, get deeply curious and then get really present in that first and foremost, before you go into it and and just really clearing your mind. For me, you know, I, I had a, um, Podcast interview yesterday, and we were talking about how most people can't feel their bodies. Like when you talk about, okay, where do you feel this energy in your body, whether it's anxiety or fear or what have you? And most people have been taught to stay in their heads. So the practice of really anchoring and getting into your body before you even walk into there and getting out of your head, because when you're in your head, you're not present and you're not listening and you're always thinking about the solution. And when you're always thinking about the solution, there's no way that you can detach from the outcome.
0: Or always what to say next. So you're not even present, you're not even listening.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That shifted everything for me when I'm like, I, I really, if the person hires me, works with me, what have you, I'm I, I'm not I'm not deeply curious and interested in that. What I am deeply curious and interested in is for me to be fully present. And for me to shine the best essence of who I am. And if I can do that, then the outcome will come. And even if the outcome is I don't get hired or the outcome is that they don't want to work with me. I'm okay with that because I know energetically I am showing up and I'm showing a mirror to who I want to work with. And if I don't resonate with someone, then they're doing me a favor. What, what's it saying is um, uh, rejection is protection. So just really anchoring into that rejection is protection and having full faith in that. I actually heard this, and
0: and whether it's relationships, a job, whatever, I like the saying, rejection is simply redirection.
1: Oh, I love that. It's like,
0: you know, it wasn't meant to work out. And and then you always know in hindsight that, oh, thank goodness that I didn't get that job because then I got this way better. Or thank goodness it fell through that relationship because then I got to meet this person. So yeah, rejection
1: is redirection. Yes, I love it. You always feel that in your body too, right? If you have a client that you're like, Oh, I need this check, or I need what have you. And you're you can feel it once you drop into your body. And you're like, another thing that helps me is paying attention to where I'm abandoning myself. And where I'm abandoning my business models and I'm abandoning my personal core values. Because there's there's signs along the way if you're present. And you can't be present to that. And you can't be present to the outcome at the same time. They're impossible. Man cannot serve two masters.
0: Okay, another question on that note about the outcome. Is that also when, like, um, I've found myself being conditional. If this happens, then... I'll be happy or if, is, do you believe if I could detach from the outcome, the conditions would fall away too?
1: Yes, I do. I mean, it goes back to that saying of be, do, have, you know, if I be this, you know, most people live, live the life of have, do, be, if I have this, then I can do this and then I'll be this. Ah. It's more so if I show up in a truly in my essence, in my light who I am with disconnection from the outcome and I'm not abandoning myself or my boundaries. And again, this is the hardest workout you will ever, ever do with your brain you know, your mindset, like you have to operate like you have the million dollars in the bank account. You have to operate like you have the swimsuit model body, whatever it is that you want. You have to operate like you have the the love of your life before you go out on that date or whatever it is and spend time manifesting that, training your brain and really aligning with that. and, And then that allows you to show up as your best, So so you're not even focusing on, you know, the conditions at all, because the conditions make it about the other person. If you can focus on you and what your values are, what your healthy boundaries are, um, then and you're really clear on that and you're present in the moment and then you're able to detach from the outcome when you walk out of that situation, conversation, relationship, whatever it is, then you have a time for self-reflection. And then you but it, but if you're walking in with attachment and you're walking in with conditions, you'll never get to the truth of the matter anyways because you have all this noise going on in your head. Yep. Yeah.
0: So what that makes me think what you're saying, this whole train the brain work, is if you're rehearsing and you're already living and believing that 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 outcome has already happened, then the doubt falls away, the insecurity, the thoughts of the imposter syndrome, all that falls away because you've let that, quote, the negative bubble disappear because you're already rehearsing and living as though it already is, so it must. Is that true?
1: It is. I think so. Um, You know, I get up every morning and I do. I own my morning. I follow the breakfast of champions of Tony Robbins. And it doesn't matter what I have on deck or what I have on my calendar for the day. I don't spend any time in my head preparing for it anymore because I spend the morning, you know, walking and doing my walking meditation, doing my manifestation, listening to an Abraham Hicks every single morning. I walk five miles with my dogs and I'm training my brain through that time and then when I get to the office or I start to navigate and tackle my day I'm detached and I will say a little mantra to myself like before I do my work before I walk into say this podcast and about five or ten minutes before I'll just say you universe go and be for me. Yes, And that's what I just say. And then it's my job. And I'll say, help me show up as the best version of me and that's my work that i do so i don't spend and again this has been almost 8 years of me working and training on this consistently constantly throughout the day i'll know when i'm out of alignment based on how i feel and if i start to feel worried i start to panic if i start to be attached to outcome i will say okay get back in the vortex get back in alignment it takes 17 seconds to get there i'm like Oh my gosh, I'm feeling nervous. I'm feeling where, oh, I'm out of alignment. Get back in alignment, get back in alignment. You're not in charge, The universe is in charge. Your job is to be present and to show up like a beacon of light. That's it. You're trying to manipulate this. You're trying to control this. Get your job is to get back into alignment and to show up wholly, fully as you.
0: I love that. And what you shared is you're right. It's consistent work. You can't do this one time. And a lot of people, when you talk energy and manifesting and law of attraction, think of it as woo-woo. How can we debunk woo-woo?
1: You know, I've heard that all the time, you know, about woo-woo. It's less and less, which is really exciting right now, but... um you know, here's here's the deal. You get to choose how you want to operate. So from my experience, if you don't want to take self-responsibility for your energy, your mindset, your emotions, and how you feel, you know, you'll take your car to the service to get a checkup. It's almost like doing that checkup uh, on yourself and how you're feeling and how you're showing up. So if you believe that that's woo-woo, you're other option is just to show up like a victim and react to whatever is being handed to you all day, which is great because then you don't have to take any responsibility and you could point the finger at, well, this didn't work out because of that person or what have you. But the ultimate outcome of that is not, you know, then you you just don't feel like you're in full control to have what you want in your life. So, I can, I say it's fine if you want to believe that it's woo woo to some. Reason. Regard, but then it's that definition of insanity of getting the same results over and over again and expecting, you know, different results. So it's not woo woo. There's so much science behind it. You can mm-hmm. study uh, endless and, and more and more you see it showing up all over. Thank God for social media where there's finally a platform for a lot of this manifestation law of attraction, training your brain, mind. And set work absolutely but I, th- I think personally that it's a cop-out of not having to be responsible for doing the work you know it's like going to the gym or servicing any of your appliances or your vehicles and and there it takes tremendous amount of courage because then now you're always in active choice and then you're not just a victim or responding to whatever the world's throwing at you and once you make that you make that decision to say okay I I am a co-creator in all this, and I am going to be very conscious in the results that I want. I want to lose 10 pounds. I want to make $10,000 a month next month. I want to get engaged by two clients, whatever it is. Once you have that clarity, we're all about strategy. People write checks all day long for blueprints, for strategies, for people to tell them what to do, but it will never, ever work out if you're not managing your mindset and your energy going into it.
0: You know what? It, it made me think how important it is also to have people around you that can call you out. Because literally, just yesterday, I was golfing with my neighbor. We were just on the putting green, hitting balls around, just something to do. And so I'm there to go hit the ball, and in, in the distance, I hear somebody yell six feet and then you know for covid and then and it was a bit windy yesterday and then i hit the ball and it was a terrible shot And i was like well that guy yelled six feet and it's windy you can wow. sure i can blame the guy in the distance and i can blame the wind but neither of those factors had anything to do with me making contact with that ball but people do it all the time
1: mm-hmm.
0: blaming outside of them but so it even takes me practice to be like Heather, you really are gonna blame the wind and that guy in the distance. So Yeah. You're right. Is and I love you
1: yeah, oh. I think accountability, I want to highlight that and just speak into that real quick. I that I surround myself with accountability. So when I want to complain or I wanna be say that I have everyone in my life that I surround me with, they're like, really? So tell me. What part you played in that? What were you thinking? What was your energy like? What were your emotions like? Were you? And it's it's so refreshing to have people like that to remind you. You know, I, it's a two millimeter shift. Mm-hmm. So you could do that with the golf ball, right? You're taking a little break, and then next thing you know, you're hopping on a coaching call. And if you're not golfing with the right person, or you don't have the discipline in your own mindset to shift that, have some fun with, it and be like, oh, dang it, I totally created that and then you hop on your next coaching call or whatever your next activity is if you don't have a time to have a two millimeter shift or that pattern break or that awareness you're going to bring that into the rest of your life and then that's when people chalk up that i had a bad day i call bs on that there's yeah. no you created a bad day or
0: was it a bad day or was it a bad moment
1: an yes. event
0: was it an event or was it the whole day Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So then question for you, what is one key takeaway you want listeners to get from this conversation?
1: I'd say the biggest takeaway is find a best practice approach for yourself and be very intentional and disciplined about managing your mind, managing your energy. So before you transition to into any activity and it's hard guys, trust me, we know this, we've been practicing. It is a discipline. You have to do that just like you would when you're walking to the, the, Fridge and getting ice cream, and you're on a diet and talk yourself out of it. It's the exact same. So, before you walk into any situation a telephone call with a mom who triggers you, or a client meeting, or a presentation, or a relationship, a date, a difficult conversation, a let go, of an employee whatever it might be that you really transition and you have that power of the pause to really take your energy. Worst case scenario. Best case scenario, let them merge and then spend some time with your mantras, with your manifestations. One that works really easily for me is like universe, go in five minutes before me and help me show up as the best version of me. The other person show up as the best version of them and I'm going to let go and I'm just going to be fully, wholly present.
0: Yes, I love that for sure. Okay. So then to wrap up the interview, I have a couple rapid fire questions for you. Sure. Okay. The first one, what is a quote or motto that you live by?
1: Uh, a confused mind says no is my favorite quote. So it helps me to stay really, really clear and intentional and concise with my communication. What You said
0: a confused mindset is no. Is that what you said? A saying? confused mind says no. Oh, a confused mm-hmm. mind says no. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, yes very true but um what is a book you're currently reading or highly
1: recommend untamed by glennon melton doyle is what i'm listening to i highly recommend it on audible is one of the most amazing books i'm actually in the process of listening to it for a second time this week
0: so i've seen that come out i think pretty recently why is that such a why
1: well, it's her third book that she wrote. So um, this is the adult version of her, so to speak. It is a book all about how to manifest your energy, be really clear about that, and then show up unapologetically in the world and really uh, stop abandoning yourself.
0: Okay. I'll have to check it out. It's great. Final question for you. What advice would you give your younger self?
1: Ah, uh, best in coaching sooner. Do not We're not meant to do this alone, and it is the greatest investment that you can make. And if you find a coach that doesn't resonate with you, don't buy into the story that coaching doesn't work. Keep going until you find your person. I currently have three coaches. I have for 20 years now, and I will live off a of ramen before I give up coaching. I would not be where I am today without um, having somebody who's going to hold me accountable Accountable, who's going to shine the flashlight on my blind spots, and who's not going to let me give up on my dreams in spite of myself. It is the best money that you you look at you. In the athletic world, in the celebrity world, it's everybody, anyone that you see any interview, whether it be Super Soul Sunday or what have you, they were all going to say they didn't get to where they were by surrounding themselves with a bunch of cheerleaders who told them they were great. If you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room. You yep. need somebody who is two, four, five, 10, 12 steps ahead of you, and they have the courage to call you on your stuff and hold you accountable to what you say you really, really want in this life while managing your mindset in addition to your actions and behaviors. Yes,
0: well said. Molly, thank you so much for joining me today and having this conversation. Oh, it was so fun. Thank you. Thanks for tuning into today's episode. Be sure to sign up for my free video training on how to get unstuck and create lasting change at heatherhakes.com. And I'd love to connect with you on the social platforms. You can find me on Instagram at heather.hakes, Facebook, Heather Hakes, and YouTube. Guess what? You got it, Heather Hakes. I'll catch you on the next episode.